Hello, my name is Christina, and thank you for checking in to the Home for Weird OCs. This is a podcast where I guess and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, our guest is Amelia. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Well, uh, in ca- if you are listening to this episode, you can, you'll can you probably be able to tell that I'm currently fighting off a cold, so I'm a little bit phlegmy, <laughs> and I'm going to be going through and cutting out all the times that I will probably be blowing my nose during this call, but aside from that, I'm enjoying the weekend. Good, good. I just got over a cold, like, last week, or a week before. I had it over Christmas, and I was like, I can't tell if it's oh, good no. that I have days off so that I can, like not have to call in sick but also this isn't how i wanted to spend my day off Mm -hmm. i'd rather be sick at work and getting paid for it yeah (laughs) i was like this cold started to set in a few days ago and i was like i need to be better i need to sound good and not be constantly coughing and sneezing by the time i record (laughs) yep and i'm close so we're gonna go with it (laughs) good enough But we're not here today to talk about either of our health health statuses, such as they are. We're here to talk about original characters. Yes. So who are we talking about today, Amelia? Um, Today, we are going to talk about Isawa Natsumi, uh, who is a character that I played in a long-running L5R game, Legend of the Five Rings. I guess I should say the whole title of the game. Um, Okay. And... Yeah, I have played kind of on and off in various other, like, play-by-post things and stuff since then. Okay, okay. I I have a vague awareness of Legend of the Five Rings, so would you mind giving me a quick rundown of, like, what the system is kind of, like, meant to do? Like, what dice do you use? That kind of a thing. Sure. Um, oh, boy. I'm gonna rub my greedy raccoon paws together. Um, <laughs> Legend of the Five Rings is my absolute favorite game. Um, I actually have a podcast entirely about this game um, called Garbage of the Five Rings. Uh, <laughs> uh, Legend of the Five Rings, is it started in like 1996 um, and as a collectible card game, like Magic the Gathering kind of a thing. Um, okay. But then they do story decisions based on those card game tournaments. And then they also made a role-playing game. Okay. Um, and so like there's this huge meta plot that spans like 20 years of lore. Um, they just recently rebooted the game, um, cause Fantasy Flight Games bought it and they just released okay. the fifth edition of that game. Okay. Um, I started playing this character in the fourth edition. So that game used, uh, D10s for the dice. Okay. Um, and it uses like a roll and keep system. So you like roll so many, keep so many, whatever. Okay. Um, the new one is obviously a Fantasy Flight game. So it uses Fantasy Flight's narrative dice, okay. um, which I really enjoy. The setting for the game is kind of like a, it's a feudal Japan analog. Okay. Um, I always tell people it's not Japan. So like, don't pretend it's Japan. It's not real. There's magic and dragons yeah. and goblins and things like that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like, r- roughly based on like that lore. Decidedly not European. <laughs> yeah. It's decidedly not European. It's um, very heavily influenced. Um, the older editions are not good about like where they grab their lore from they're like "Mm, it's east of the u.s we can use that so it's a very rough mishmash of things um the new era edition is a lot better about being more careful about where they take those things from but yeah yeah yeah, actually creating with um what's the what's the word for it like creating with like conscious and respectful intent i guess you could call it (laughs) yeah i think they've done a lot better job of that in the new one um the old stuff is is a little rough 
Um, so I always feel a little bit weird talking about it as a as a white woman being like, oh, I'm playing this game about samurai. Always feels a little bit weird. Um, yeah. And they were not good about it, partly because it was the 1990s. And um, yep. it, it was... Yeah, it was a game written in the 90s by white dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, Product of the times. Right. So there's a lot of that in there. But um, it's it's a really cool setting. And because it has so much lore behind it, um, it's it's a really fun sandbox to play in. Okay. Okay. That is good to know. Yeah. It focuses a lot more on, um, like, it's it's meant to tell more serious stories, more of, like, the Eastern drama kind of stories. Um, yeah. And... It definitely, like, the system has a lot of combat and stuff in it, but it's also meant to tell, like, sort of, like, courtly drama kind of stories, too. Okay, Which is the part okay. about it that I really like. Yeah, that is that is very interesting, especially because, I mean, nowadays, if you want, if you want to find an RPG for a specific purpose, you can find one. Yes, yeah, but not as much back then. Just, like, go on drive-thru and hit, like, random a couple times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I love... I love sort of like this this indie revolution that we're having in RPGs that like there is a game to do pretty much anything you want. And mm-hmm. I always find it interesting because there's so many people that are like, oh, I'm trying to reskin D&D to do this thing. And I'm like, but there's already a game that does it better. Why would you? Oh, mm-hmm. there's a- you can find a game to do literally anything you want. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I'm going to I'm going to do a bit of a a bit of a hashtag non spawn here. Yeah. <laughs> like. One of my friends, Josh, is – I think he's currently kicking around working on, like, a Mega Man RPG. Oh, nice. And my and my friend Riley uh, has an RPG out that they've designed, which is literally, like fa- – I call it, like, fan fiction the game. Like, take – oh, hey, you want to play in an RPG with I – th- as I saw today, it was, like – Link from The Legend of Zelda, but also Clarice Rinaldi from The Princess Diaries. <laughs> Here's the system for it. Oh my god, that's amazing. The game is called Interstitial, hashtag non-spawn. <laughs> but anyway, that is not relevant to your character today. <laughs> so where would where would you like to start? Would you rather start with like kind of the setting or the premise for the game or like your character who she is as a person um i think we can probably start with the premise okay um go for it so when we were playing at the time the game was um myself i think like six other people um yeah it was a big group um i'm trying to remember one two three four yeah so it was me and then six other people one of whom was the gm okay um so we were playing this um like, very mixed group of characters in L5R. You have clans. Okay. Um, who are, like, they're, they're bigger families, and then there's, like, families within each clan, and they all kind of have, like, a... I hate to say theme, but they kind of do. Um, yeah. They have their brands. <laughs> they do. They do. So you have the lion, who are, like, sort of the military side of things. You have the crane, that are really good at courtly stuff. Um, I was playing as a phoenix, who are the specialists in magic. Okay. Um, but we had a group that was like a mix of people. And then we were all just, for a while it started out as kind of like, you know, adventure of the week kind of a thing. And then eventually, Mm -hmm. um, like into a larger story. But, um, we started out as Emerald Magistrates and basically just going around solving crimes. 
Okay. Um, which was a lot of fun. And then we had sort of like intergroup drama. Like my character was betrothed to another character in our group. Um, mm-hmm. And she did not like him and he did not like her. So that was a lot of fun to to play out, to just be like, oh, we have to be together and do stuff together, and I do not like you. Because mm-hmm. um, he was sort of this, like, staunch, militaristic, like, very honor-bound kind of character. And my yeah. character was like, yeah, but look at those birds in that tree over there. That's really cool. Let's go see what's <laughs> up with that. Um, <laughs> she just started out as, like, this very naive, very... Um, I would say it's like sort of like a Zoe de Chanel vibe of just like very whimsical, uh, and we're just here to like have fun and see what happens. And also, I can see through all of time and space, so no big okay. deal. Like okay. she's like incredibly powerful, but just like didn't really care about that. Okay, um, which okay, was a lot of fun to play. <laughs> okay, so then, like, since she is from the clan that has magic as their their specialization did within that then are there like like class archetypes then that she was one of like like following the fighter or the mage or the thief or whatever um yeah so in l5r there's sort of like three classes you have the bushi who are the warriors okay um you have shigenja who are the magic users and then you have courtiers who are you know like generally your face characters okay and then each clan has families that sort of specialize in those things and each family kind of has like a little branch down like different schools is the way they work um so my character was a shigenja um but particularly because she was a phoenix i could be a void shigenja which means i could use all of the elements and also um void magic so i could use earth fire water air and void um so i could do pretty much any spell i wanted to nice Um, nice yeah and was pretty good at them um, which was a lot of fun, but also she was not good at much else. Um, yeah. Like, you know, not good at fighting, not good at talking. Just mm-hmm. just magic, really. That was about it. Yeah. Out of curiosity, did that then, like, we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but, like, did that uh, did that tie into how you played her and then how she developed as a character? Like, that specific, like, I'm only really good at magic. I'm not good at talking to people. I'm not yeah. good in a fight. I can't defend myself. But if you need a, if you need that sp- that candle lit from across the room, I'm your girl. Right. Yeah, Um. it was interesting because we had a couple characters that were really good at fighting. And the group that I was playing with was very interested in, like, combat-type games. Before that, we had played Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. And after that, we played 5th edition D&D. Um, and when we moved to D&D, it was like, combat long rest combat long rest like it was just like and so that was the kind of game that a lot of people wanted to play um yeah and like l5r does that but this was a game that did allow for people like me who aren't super interested in combat to kind of do some of those other things and Mm -hmm. obviously like you can use magic in combat and stuff um but yeah it 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 made me find ways to try and do things like kind of creatively or to um you know like pretend that i knew how to do things yeah creative problem solving or fake it till you make it exactly um one of the nice things about that system at least is that like you can always try to do something if you don't have a skill in it you can still roll and see what happens and there's a chance that you could succeed because you're rolling against a target number so Mm -hmm. the gm will say like okay here's what you need to get and then you can kind of decide like "Mm, is that a thing i'm capable of 
Um, okay. And so over time, um, I kind of did that and I would eventually like picked up skills and stuff to do things. But yeah, early on it was like, well, hmm, can I do magic to do this? And you can only you only have so many like spell slots in a day too. So there were times where it was okay. like, oh, uh, hmm, I'm gonna try and talk my way out of this problem, even though I probably can't do it very well because I literally can't do anything else. So I think it led to a lot of like fun role playing moments where it was okay. like, well, I'm gonna be really bad at this, but let's see what happens, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which, as a player, I really love those kinds of things because I think you're not always good at everything, and it's fun to like fail and see what happens Um, oh yeah i was playing with a group that was pretty averse to that so yeah that was kind of an interesting experience because they did not like to fail at things um yeah but i do i think it's fun (laughs) yeah it i mean speaking personally here i don't like failing outside of tabletop games but when you're creating a narrative it can be very fun (laughs) right yeah it's it's a fun storytelling thing in real life no uh Mm -hmm. no i'm and i think maybe that's why i like it so much in tabletop is that like generally in real life i'm pretty risk averse i i don't i don't like to go out on a limb and do things if i'm not sure that i can do it Mm -hmm. um but in tabletop it's like well, I know that this is a sort of safe, confined space and, you know, like, let's see what happens. Let's let's see where this goes. Yeah. If it's all fake anyway, why not? Right. Exactly. Like, I'm already pretending that I can, you know, shoot fire out of my fingertips. Let's what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> mm-hmm. So you mentioned that she has access to the five elements. Like, which one was her favorite? I have I have a guess, but I'm curious to hear what the answer is. Um, I actually focused on Void. Okay. Which, in this game, is, I I think the best way to describe it is, like, the Force. It's sort of, like, the thing between all of the other things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's the negative space in things. Um, okay. So you can do things like, um, like, moving objects without touching them, because you can kind of sort of, like, go to this, like, extra plane and you know move things you can read people's minds you can do all of kind of that like weird stuff that isn't really like a particular element okay um because all of the magic is elemental okay Um, and so that was a lot of fun because you can do kind of weird stuff with it i think secondary was fire um okay because a lot of like the in the new edition how you approach uh a task um determines which element you're using or focusing on so like if you interesting yeah it's really cool they have approaches so basically you say like here's a problem i want to solve um and then you describe how you go about solving it and then that determines what element you're using um so you can't just like be like oh i have a really good earth score so i'm always using earth you have to say like if you're tricking someone it's air if you are going like like fast and hard it's fire um, okay okay which i like a lot i think really pushes role play forward in a way that yeah. the old game didn't that's um, really interesting yeah i'd really love to like take some time i should i don't know why i haven't um take some time and like recreate this character in the new edition and see because it's very different mm-hmm. um but yeah i think fire was sort of my my second focus um okay because that was sort of like the um intelligence and agility i think were based off of fire Okay. Okay. Would you say then that like, would you say then that she had a kind of like like a fire personality, or was she very like air based or something? Or if you had to like, um, if you had to 
set up yeah. her personality, which we haven't really discussed yet, right. into one of the elements. <laughs> yeah, I think as we got further into the game, um, she became more more of a fire type person. Like she she became more passionate and like sure of herself. Um, mm-hmm. I think that like she had a really nice kind of growth arc over the course because this was like a two and a half year campaign. I think it was a really oh long, wow it was a really long game. Um, I don't. I'm really proud of us for sticking with it that long, honestly, and like yeah, like not falling apart. And <laughs> that is that is an accomplishment, especially when uh, you mentioned earlier that like you and the other players had kind of different interests when it comes to tabletop role play in particular. Yeah, um, I did not stick with the group after. I should say um, the the GM at the time was my then husband, who is now not my husband anymore, um, which makes it hard to like stick your role playing group together. Yeah. I always tell people that's my number one, number two rule of gaming is um, don't break up with your GM and, uh, you know, like don't, especially mid-campaign, don't do it. Um, <laughs> it doesn't go well. <laughs> Duly noted. I'm not playing in that group anymore. Um, I've, I've lost several games that way. Don't do it. Uh, <laughs> but I think over the course of like this two and a half year arc, I got the chance to like really explore like who she was as a person in a way mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that's probably why she's my favorite character, yeah. because I've never gotten to spend that much time as one person and, like, explore this full arc of who they are and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, by the end, she was, like, very sure of herself and, um, like, had a little bit of a short temper, but, like, not too bad, but um, really, like, like, passionate about everything and, like, knew what she wanted and, like how it was going to happen. Okay. Okay. So let's kick it back a little bit to the beginning. So what were what was her kind of origin as a character? Did since I'm assuming that she probably did not start off as nearly this assertive. Yeah. <laughs> um this was the first time that I had played this game and because like I said that there's like 20 years of lore and stuff. Um when mm-hmm. I sat down to play it, my now ex-husband was like, okay, here's everything that you need to know to play this game and set like 10 books in front of me. And I was like, nope, I don't care about, like, I didn't, I did not want to play this game. It was a game that he was really excited to play. And like two of his other friends in the group were really excited to play. And I was like, um, it's 2015. I am the mother of two children and I don't care about your game about samurai. Sounds stupid don't want to play this game but (laughs) i wanted to play a game so i was like fine Mm -hmm. this is what we're doing this is what the group is playing i will sit down and do this so i was like okay i guess i'll do magic uh okay like it was like i'm reading through all of these things and i was just like picking random stuff that i was like this sounds okay i guess (laughs) um and i sat down at the table and i'm like i have no clue how to play this game i have no clue like what is happening with any of these other people Mm -hmm. um so like i basically made this character knowing nothing because i refused to read the 20 books that he had given me i was like i'm not doing 200 pages of research on this dumb samurai game yeah um (laughs) so that's a perfectly logical feeling right i was like what's what's gonna be fun for me to play like what kind of personality is gonna be Mm -hmm. fun and everybody kept telling me they're like this is a serious game and i was like okay is it uh right like Let's find out. So I basically made this character that was, like, very, very powerful, but, like, kind of 
unaware of how powerful she was because I wanted to go into this game and be like, okay, I have, I've put together enough of the mechanics to say that like, this is a playable character. Um, but I, as a person know almost nothing about this world or anything. So I'm going to play a character who's also generally pretty unaware of what's Mm -hmm. happening around me. Okay. Um, Because I knew that the people that I was playing with were going to be very serious about the world and what was happening. So this was sort of my way to be like, I don't got to know anything, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, which actually worked out really well. And then, like I said, over time kind of led to this really nice growth arc. Um, So when she started out, she was, I think, I think I was playing a character that I think she was like 16 um, in the game. And so like just barely an adult in that setting um, and very young, very naive um, and just just kind of happy to be there. Just really excited yeah. to be included, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun to play because um, it's not oh, yeah. it's not something that I generally pick anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I like to play characters that are like a little bit more jaded. Yeah, because um, I myself am a little more jaded. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been several years, so. It was a different time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, I'm going to hit on a very simple, what, what, well, what might be a very simple question. Like, what does, what does Isawa look like? Um, so she is, um, well, okay, let's see. By the end of the game, she was the Jade Champion. Um, so basically the person in charge of, uh, magic things. Um, so generally, like, her job was then to investigate, like, make sure people weren't using blood magic, um, in particular. Uh, so at that point she is wearing these, um, like, jade robes that are, like, incredibly fancy because she is part of, like, the emperor's court and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but she is um, thinner, sort of on the shorter side, um, dark hair. And I always described her have, having these eyes that are just, like, um, sort of, like, uncomfortable to look at because it feels like she can see through your soul because mm-hmm. um, she kind of can. Yeah. Um, she is one of the few characters that I've had now in the last several years that I actually never really looked at a whole lot of art for. It was just always sort of, like, this idea in my head. Okay, um, okay. I had a miniature for her that I painted at one point. Um, I don't know where it is now. But, That's okay. This is an audio um, medium. Right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Your listeners can't see it anyway. Um, yeah, but that was like a thing that I, at that point when I was playing, didn't really spend a lot of time thinking about. Um, mm-hmm. I know I noted a couple times that her hair was always pretty well kept, um, but like it never stayed that way. That was, yeah. like, for me, an important fact. It was, like, every morning she got up and she did her hair and it looked very nice. And by the end of the day, it did not anymore. Yeah. Because um, she just, like, couldn't put in the effort to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't – I think a lot of, more about that now. Um, but at that point, it was not super important to me. Um, largely because the group that I played with didn't put a whole lot of emphasis on the role play part of characters Mm -hmm. um but much more like the mechanics of the games and stuff and so it wasn't until later that i really started to think about that okay Um, since then i've gotten more into like commissioning art for characters and things like that which is a part Mm -hmm. of character building that i really love oh yeah um same right and i'm i honestly i'm surprised that i haven't gone back and 
commissioned something for her, but I think because it's not a character that I'm playing at this point, I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, I have other things I would rather <laughs> rather yeah. get part of. Um, but yeah, at that point, that wasn't even a thing that I had like conceived of as an idea that like that you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I wasn't like, oh, I could get art of this character. Like, if somebody had said that, I was like, you mean I could pay someone to draw my character? Like, mm-hmm. wild. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> What a concept. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. Oh, I love it, though. I love it now that I can – now that I've done it a couple times, I'm like, this mm-hmm. is so great. Why doesn't everyone do this all the time? Oh, yeah. Because, because we can't. That's why. Because because money. we have to pay rent and stuff. Yeah. Because we're yeah. Right. I know that feeling. As someone who both has drawn character art for herself and for others, it is it is fun. And also sometimes you're like – I don't have the brain power to come up with an appearance for this character. <laughs> yeah, that's it, it is really tough. Um, the few times that I've commissioned it too, I've like like pulled up pictures and like I'll have Pinterest boards and all that kind of stuff. And like I'll sit there for a while and be like, well, huh, what do they look like? And I'll pull a few things. And then whenever I get art back, I'm like, how did you know I wanted this? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, it blows my mind. It's so good. <laughs> it's the magic of artists. I know. I don't know how they do it. That's why they're artists and I'm not. <laughs> they have some sort of secret that I'll never know the power of. It's, I know, it's magic. It is to me. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's so good. It's so good. Everyone, hire artists. Find, <laughs> find an artist that you like. Go on mm-hmm. Twitter whatever and hire them to draw your character and it pay them fairly mind. yes pay them fairly um but it will blow your mind it's so good it's mm-hmm. so good oh yeah so um would uh how about we do a little bit kind of like a like a highlights reel of her journey through the game so like what did what were kind of like your favorite like high points or turning points are just really fun moments with Isawa through this two and a half year campaign that y'all did. Um, my absolute favorite moment, um, is actually, it's, it's not a happy one. Um, but she, so we ended up not actually marrying that person that she was betrothed to. Um, Mm -hmm. and she ended up marrying this NPC. Okay. Um, and then, like, she didn't really particularly like him, but um, he kind of grew on me after a while. Um, and then he died, like, just, like, out of nowhere, yeah. in the middle of, like, this combat, and it's, like, he's being run as, like, a GM NPC. Um, and he just died, and I was not emotionally prepared for that. Yeah. Um, and I held it together because it was, like me and a bunch of dudes at the table and I was like I'm not gonna cry in front of these people yeah um but we're driving home and I'm like I can't believe you died and it's like it's this is like the first emotional experience I had had role-playing because up until yeah. that point it had been these like really ser- really like silly games and you know, like I said before that we played Shadowrun which like at that game oh, yeah Shadowrun. um but it was, like, the first time I'd had this, like, really overpowering emotional experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had, like, a month off from the game after that. And so I yeah. spent the next month, like, thinking about this. Because, like, yeah. the session ended, like, right after he died. And I was like, 
Oh my god, like what? Like, I'm going to be thinking about this for the next month and a half. Right? And I'm like, what do I do with that? Like, how does that change a person? And how do we, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and we had meant for that, for that to be kind of a break in the game. We had this month off, um, and our GM had done, like, sort of, like, mini arcs with each of us kind of in between, because we were like, we're going to do, like, a whole, like, time passes. You know, it's been six months or something since whatever. Yeah. Yeah, time skip um, montage. Right, exactly. And so, like, we'll come back, we'll do our vignettes or whatever. But the the sort of downtime thing that we did is that she basically, like, runs off. So she is supposed to have all of these responsibilities and duties and things, and she basically, like, nopes out of it because she's, like, too sad. Yeah. Um, Goes and, like, climbs a mountain, does this, like, whole eat, pray, love journey. Yeah. Um, and is like confronted by his ghost. And um, at that point, I, I wanted part of her arc to be this decision of like, does she try and bring him back from the dead? Yeah. Which is like a, a thing that you definitely don't do. Like I said, her job was to fight yeah. against blood magic and blood magic would be the way that you do that. Okay. And so part of that arc was like being confronted by his ghost and trying to decide like, do I move forward or do I try to fix this? Because, like, she's powerful enough to fix it if she wants to. Yeah. But she shouldn't. Um, and so... And? She did not. She, she okay. did the good thing, which I, um, in the time since, have become a much bigger fan of playing villains in stories. And yeah. if I had to replay this, this is, like, sort of my fork-in-the-road moment for this character. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, if I went back, I would. <laughs> I would yeah. raise him from the dead. Yeah. Um, I would become a dark sorcerer. It would be great. Um, in this game, I did not. Yeah. Um, because I think that, like, he wouldn't have wanted that, even if she did. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, like, a really, a really cool role-playing experience for me to get to, like, have this really emotional moment. And it was the mm-hmm. first time I was like, oh, you can play a serious game. Yeah. You can play, like, a not-silly game. Um, yeah. <laughs> Because at that point, too, I was listening to a lot of actual play podcasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, I'd been listening to Campaign and One Shot. Okay. Um, at which are almost all, like, very silly games. Mm-hmm. And that was the experience that I'd had. And it was, like, this brilliant aha moment of, like, yeah. oh, you can do something totally different. You can have these really deep mm-hmm. narrative character stories. And oh, like, yeah. This is... And, like, from there, I feel like I have been, like, chasing that fix since then of, like, Mm -hmm. I want these really deep, sad, emotional stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, Um, yeah. But then when we finally came back to the table, it was, like, this is, like, a whole different character. Like, we went from this, like, really whimsical, fun kind of thing to, like, oh, now you've faced real, actual problems and it has Mm -hmm. changed you. Um, Yeah. Which was really cool. It was really cool. I feel like that that kind of phenomenon you described of like all of a sudden this this narrative that's been created changes fundamentally. I feel like that's called like growing the beard or something. But like that is that is one of my favorite things. Like my my point of reference for that is the adventure zone balance with like how I think up until probably like maybe even episode like 50 or something out of like out of 69 episodes uh they uh nice um (laughs) they but there's like there's a point in the story at which all of a sudden the the stakes become real they become emotional stakes that then like the players connect to and then all of a sudden like the entire story is just on a whole different level like that is 
that is such a good moment in like narrative creating when like all of a sudden it's okay now like we still have the jokes but now we have the serious factor or if it's in like actually i don't know if i've ever heard that happen with a narrative that starts out as dramatic i've only heard that happening with like you know like goofy fun haha episodes kind of a thing yeah yeah i mean and this is a game that i think like you can play fun silly versions of it i think it's at its best when you play like a very serious narrative mm-hmm. uh, but i think that's the thing about a lot of games is that, like you can have a very serious heavy emotional game of D, or you can mm-hmm. have like a weird silly dungeon crawl yeah um this game i think is at its best when you play those serious moments but the group that i was with kind of preferred to do like the silly side of things and when you're hanging out with your friends too mm-hmm. and um you're doing it not as like a performative thing it's really easy to be oh silly yeah and fun um, oh yeah there, I, there's a whole different level brought on when it's one that like you said like when that one of those performative like right. a podcast right yeah i mean and i've done some actual play podcasting too and it's it's a lot easier to stay like in character and serious when you're like okay i know that this is a production and i know that like we have to meet a certain level of things mm-hmm. um whereas like when you're hanging out with your friends it's like it's hard not to bring all your inside jokes into it and like keep that tone oh yeah um and like I said, I don't think that that was something that everybody else at the table was really looking for. And at that point, I didn't know I was looking for it until it happened. I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. I'm in. Nothing mm-hmm. will ever be. Nothing will ever be the same. <laughs> yep. Chasing that storytelling high. I know. And it's it's so tough. It's so tough to find. Um, especially now that I play a lot of one shots and stuff. I'm not really in. Um, I'm in like one or two campaigns right now. Um, mm-hmm. And they're kind of, like, hit or miss for when we actually get to play. And yeah. Like, losing that momentum, too, kind of hurts. So, mm-hmm. um, it's – I have not really been able to get quite there yet since then. Um, so, that's always been my, like – I'm sure you will, though. I'm sure. I, I'm going to find a way. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, that's sort of, like, my, my aha moment in that game was, like, this really emotional thing. And then, like, that sort of short arc afterwards of, like, okay, now what do I do with this? Yeah. Um, and how does this change my character? Okay. So what are some of your other favorite moments with uh, with Isawa? Oh, um, let's see here. I had a couple fun, like later on after this game finished, um, I was on the L5R Discord um, and we had Winter Court, um, which was basically just, it was a very loose play by post kind of a thing like we didn't okay um we didn't use really any mechanics or anything yeah um each month we would kind of just pick like uh we would pick a place um the way winter court works in l5r is that um rokugan in the setting um shuts down for the winter like the roads are not travelable whatever Mm -hmm. so you go and each court sort of holds this winter court and everybody's kind of holed up somewhere for several months it's like just a bunch of small bottle episodes Okay. Um, and so we ran winter courts in there that were just like play by post role playing um, and had like an out of character chat to kind of like solve problems and like plan stories and stuff. And then it was basically just like a fun writing exercise. Okay. Um, and so I had a couple of really cool character moments in there where we got to just explore like who she was several years later. Yeah. Um, and like what she had been doing. And um, 
there were a couple where we were trying to like I'm trying to remember even what the goal was. It was like we were trying to broker some kind of um trade deal or something, but it was like there was I don't know, somehow we incorporated like a sumo wrestling tournament in there and Why not? Like right. And it was I mean it was so much fun because it was people I hadn't played with before who were like, here's a character that I have and um like a bunch of us already had these people that we wanted to play and we were like, let's throw them in a room together and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um and so it was really fun to just be like, well, am I into that? Yeah, you know what? I am now. Um mm-hmm. And to just do, like, some of that fun, like, negotiating kind of stuff um, that I think is a lot easier to play out in some of those text-based kind of things than it is at the table because you have such a limited amount of time. Um, And so to play out more of the, um, like, negotiation skills kind of stuff was a lot of fun. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed, like, the political wheeling and dealing that goes into that. Yeah. That's probably my favorite. Yeah. which is, I don't know, I think that's a really fun thing to, like, look at is, like, the when you take a character from one medium and then, like, move them to another, how how they work differently mm-hmm. is, like, it, it's so cool to me. Um, I haven't done a lot of play-by-post stuff. That was really my first time doing it. And it was really cool to be, like, oh, this is how this character, like, sort of moves differently and is shaped differently. Okay. Because okay. I'm playing her differently. Um, like, the constraints are totally different in that oh, kind of Oh, gosh, setting. yes. Um, you're like, oh, I can do whatever I want because it doesn't matter that I can only move three squares at a time on this combat grid. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. But then at the same token, then like, there's also moving from like playing in person to playing through like Playboy Post. Like, mm-hmm. then you have to add in. You have to like, okay, I need to add in extra things that maybe like these people that I haven't necessarily played with before would know about my character are like, I have to remember to say that I'm going into this room. <laughs> Right, right. And I think some of that depends, too, on, you know, like, how serious the, like, the play-by-post game is, too, of, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, what are we willing to retcon and not, and and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that was the first time, too, that I had I had done that, and um, in that Discord server, too, is where I met um, some people that I ended up playing my first online game with, too, because before that I had oh, never nice. played a game online with anyone before, either. I'd been too, like too nervous to do it um, yeah i had a couple like rough game store experiences um not even playing games but like going into a game store and um having i was mm-hmm. yeah i was mansplained by a game store owner um who by the way was incorrect um yeah was like yeah incorrectly explaining things to me and then ended the sentence with but you're probably just here buying something for your boyfriend uh, which really upset me because technically I was only in there buying something for my husband, but that's not the point. Um, yeah. It was just because that day I happened to go get something for him. That's, you know, neither here nor there. But it was one of those, like, I don't want to have that kind of experience. And, like, mm-hmm. I was really tentative to find a group online because I'm like, I don't know what I'm getting into. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the group that I was playing with was, like, not much better. So, you know, um, I, I always strongly encourage people, like, like find your people find your Mm -hmm. people um it will totally change your role-playing experience oh gosh yes um leaving that group that i was playing with was like one of the best role-playing decisions i've ever made i'm playing so much better games with much better people um 
but it's it's scary to like go and find a new group whether it's oh, play by post yeah. whether it's an online game whether it's an in-person thing like it's and i think it's one of the rough things about our hobby is that like mm-hmm. you need other people to do it and yeah it's, and a lot of times doing it is a really vulnerable experience because you are mm-hmm. like inhabiting this character and putting your feelings out there mm-hmm. in game with people that like may or may not be decent and it's really yeah. scary it's really scary i i definitely can sympathize with that i've yeah. i have been in similar situations a couple of times and it it is really tough sometimes but i think the important thing to do when you're trying to like find especially like an online game group is like maybe start with like start start with people that either you know or that you at least have like connections with like mm-hmm. oh we we enjoy this we enjoy this one this one podcast for example right. and mm-hmm. like the fact that we both enjoy this podcast that has certain things that they do and do not do means that we're going to be on the same level when it comes to issues like that so yeah i've had pretty good luck with with things like that of like okay i'm going to sort of like enter this kind of community of people and then like find others in there Mm -hmm. and then like once you find that like one or two people you can pretty easily start to branch out and be like oh these are friends of friends and oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) finding things but like yeah taking that first step is really is really scary but honestly like one of the best gaming choices that i ever made it's how i met both of my um co-hosts on my two podcasts it's how i made like Mm -hmm. most of the people that i'm friends with now like yeah it was a really good experience so like taking Good. that first step, but ooh, it was scary. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's so unfortunate because, uh, like I said, because it's such a like an emotional space that like I think mm-hmm. it holds a lot of people back sometimes. Um, yeah. But doing a play by post thing was a really good entrance to that because it was one mm-hmm. of those things that was really easy to kind of like nope out of if I decided I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, sitting down and, like, playing a game, like, from this time to this time is, like, I don't know, there's a little more pressure there, I think. Whereas, like, a play-by-post, you're like, oh, I'll type it up when I have time, and if I don't feel like it, I just won't do it anymore. Yeah. That is, uh, that is a very good point. I don't personally have any experience in play-by-post, so this is a very informative experience for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, I... This is, like, that was the only one I've ever done. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to do another one because it's a fun way to, like, work out your writing skills, too. Yeah. Um, and to just have some, like, more long-form character moments that you can't have in, like, a little four-hour session. Mm-hmm. But, um, and it's easier to do, like, little one-on-one stories, too, with other people. Oh, but yeah, definitely. It's a very different experience. It's definitely very different from just regular, like, tabletop or... I don't know. I'm trying to think of other role-playing things that people do. Those are really the, the two that I know of. Yeah. I mean, that's probably... <laughs> I mean, if you're specifically talking about, like, role-playing, I mean, like, LARP. LARP is a big thing. Oh, duh. Or, like... Yeah. <laughs> or, like, or like reenactments, too, I feel like, are a big source of... Yeah. Or, are a big source of role-playing. I mean, like, heck, even just, like, actors. Acting. Yeah. <laughs> Drama. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I have, to, I, but then you have to like go outside where other people are for those ones. So yeah, but at least at Renaissance fairs they have like mead and fun yeah. and fun food. Yeah, that's true. I live I live relatively close to a fairly big Ren fair, um, and I've gone a couple times. It's a lot of fun. It is. It is the last Ren fair I went to. I bought a sword. So nice. Oh, 
It was a good decision. Swords are always a good decision. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Everyone mm-hmm. should have a sword. That's my, yes. that's my, if you take anything away from this episode, everyone should have a sword. Mm-hmm. That is a, be a better place. that's a good stance. <laughs> it might not be a better place, but it would be certainly way more cool looking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I have, I have a couple more questions about Isawa before uh, we go into the wrap up, if that's okay. Yeah, Totally. Okay, so um, what was the most bonkers magic thing that you did while playing her? Oh, man. That's a really good question. I have, like, notes where I used to keep track of, like, all of the... I don't know. I feel like I don't specifically remember, like... Like, I remember these, like, big, like, arc moments and not, mm-hmm. like, the smaller... Which I, I think is a thing that always bums me out about now about like playing non-recorded games mm-hmm. <laughs> because i miss having those like those things to listen back to yeah um i'm always like i wish we would have recorded the like even if you have all of the table talk and all of like the background noise and everything yeah i took i took really copious notes during this game i have two full two full notebooks of notes for these games I, yeah, I know, i'm always like the designated note taker I like I I swear one of these days like someone that I'm in a game with is going to get me a shirt that says designated note taker because that is like that is just what I do all the time. In our D and D game, um, our uh our DM my friend Paul um bought me like this huge notebook that had like that was like specifically for D and D and so it had like yeah. spots to draw things and spots to put like stats of the monsters and like all that okay. kind of stuff and he's like here you go because you're the yeah. only one that pays enough attention oh my gosh and, like like uh, here here's a little bit of salt from me like I am currently in a D and D like a D and D campaign with several of my friends in real life and we we are currently working on a murder mystery game like um the the quest we're on right now is a murder mystery. And when we were starting this, like, plot, I, we were all like, okay, like, here's, like, okay, we're entering, we're going to talk to this inspector about the crime scene. And I, I looked around the group and I said, does anybody else want to take notes? And then I looked straight at the DM like I was on the office. And he laughed and no one else was listening to what I had said, so. Great, great, love that. Yeah, no, everybody would come back to me and be like, Okay, but do you remember there was that one guy that we talked to? And I'm like, yup. Like, flip through and it's like, read off everything that I'd written down. Okay, thanks. And I'm like, yep, good thing I'm here. Mm-hmm. But I think, I don't know if that, I think that really helps me session to session. But, like, mm-hmm. long term, I don't remember any of those little details. I remember, like, the big story arc kind of things. And mm-hmm. I wish that I had, because even looking back at my notes, too, I'm like, ooh what do you mean? What were you talking about here? Whatever you wrote down was clearly important to Amelia at the time, but mm-hmm. Amelia of five years later has no idea what you were talking about. Yeah. And I, I don't know. That's such a, like, that's the hard part for me about tabletop too, is that like you go in and you have these really powerful experiences and these shared experiences with all of these other people. And then mm-hmm. you walk away and it's like, it never happened. Like you yeah. have no tangible thing that you walk away from a game with it's just like this shared moment and you have to like hold on to those feelings and those thoughts and like Mm -hmm. they are it's 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 like grabbing at clouds and you can't 
like it's really hard to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's good or bad. Like sometimes it's like that's a cool part of it is that you have this shared experience and then you walk away and mm-hmm. only the people that were there shared that moment. But then sometimes you're like, oh, I wish I still had that. Like I wish I yeah. had something to like keep that feeling, which is kind of a bummer. Like I have my character sheet and I have my notebooks, but like two and a half years of stuff is just kind of like floating around in my brain. Yeah. I feel like the whole carryover thing is maybe related to, I think it's called, like, bleed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 since the fact that I had to struggle for that name uh, probably shows that I am definitely not an expert on it. But if, listeners, if you have experienced something similar to this, consider looking into bleed. It might be a very informational thing to look up. Yeah, bleed is a really, it's a really interesting concept and a thing that, I've learned over time is something that I personally crave in my games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in LARP and sometimes in role-playing games too, it's a thing that people kind of shy away from because they don't want to like, you know, leave the game with all of those feelings and stuff. And it's something that I definitely crave from my games is like, I want mm-hmm. the the emotions of what happens in the game to like sink in. And I want to walk away feeling sad about things that happened that were sad. It's like a yeah. really ca- cathartic experience for me. And, like, there's positive bleed, too. You can, you know, something good happen to your character and you can walk away feeling really good. Um, oh, yeah. I really cl- crave that negative bleed for some reason because um, something in my brain is broken or whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm working some stuff out. That's but okay. it's it's really good. It's I love that feeling. And I know, like, a lot of people play games specifically for that purpose. And there are a lot of games that are designed to, like, play with that, I know. Um Mm-hmm. Starcrossed is one of those games where you're specifically supposed to like feel that tension. It's part of why there's the Jenga tower and everything like that. Is there supposed to be a bleed from what's happening to your character to you? Okay, and it's really cool. It's really cool. Okay, that's good to know. Um, okay, uh, before we go into the wrap up, is there anything that you want to say about Izawa that we didn't talk about? Any bases you want to cover that we didn't touch upon? I don't think so. I think really, like, my my big thing with her um, is just, it's, like, it's sort of an emotional nostalgic attachment that, like, I don't know if, like, if I went back and, like, tried to play this character again, if it would still be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it. she's really important to me on that nostalgic level of, like, this is the first time I realized I wanted to play a serious game. This is the first time I realized, like, the kinds of feelings you could have in a game. Yeah. Um, it was the first time I played L5R, which is a game that I've obviously become very passionate about and now mm-hmm. make a stupid podcast about. Like, yeah. um, after swearing, I wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I, I think, like... I love this character so much, not even entirely because of the character herself, but because of all of the experiences that I got to have around her, you know, mm-hmm. which is, I, I think, a cool thing that characters and RPGs can do for people. Good. Good. That's a good segue then into the last question of the recording, which is, why do you love Hisawa so much? Yeah, I mean, really, that's most of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she was this this character that brought me into a whole different side of storytelling that can happen Mm -hmm. with RPGs and um, the character that I played for the longest. That's a thing that I, I love about campaigns and why I prefer to play campaigns over one shots. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really interested in characters 
that's why we started character creation cast was because making characters is my favorite part of rpgs Mm -hmm. but i don't think you ever get to see who people fully are in a like in a one-shot four-hour session i think yeah when you get to play someone out over two and a half years you become really attached to them as a person as a character Mm -hmm. and then you also get this really cool experience of like watching someone grow um, except that someone is also you, and it's very <laughs> cool. That's my. I started out to like as a really serious like moment, and then I couldn't. I couldn't keep it. Um, it's okay. But yeah, like you get to grow as a person along with your character, and like learn things about mm-hmm. yourself, about the way you play, um, and about what you want in a game that you don't get to in a one shot. And this was the first time that I really had that experience of being like oh, here's why I love tabletop. Yeah. Before it was like, I knew it was a thing that I liked to do. I knew it was like a fun storytelling thing and I got to do it with my friends. And this was like, oh, no, this is a whole other side of it that I haven't experienced and this is what I really want and a thing that I am now very passionate about. Mm -hmm. And it was so cool to experience that and to like have notes from that. And like, like I'm just very nostalgic for that whole experience that I had playing that game. Yeah. Yeah, th- that that is very well said. Thanks. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much, Amelia, for coming on the show. I appreciated having you on, and I hope you had a, a good time. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Thank you. So uh, where do you have anything that you want to promote? Where would you like to be found on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ginger Reckoning. Um, I am the co-host of two podcasts. Uh, one is Character Creation Cast, a show about creating RPG characters in different systems. And then we also do a segment every month on player advice because okay. I think there's lots of advice for GMs and not a lot of advice on how to be a good player. Okay. Um, so that's Character Creation Cast. You can find that on Twitter at Creation Cast, or we are part of the One Shot Podcast Network. Okay. Um, my other show is called Garbage of the Five Rings where we uh, are reading through all of the fictions and card text and RPG supplements and lore of Legend of the Five Rings. Oh, my. In the order it was released. Um, Oh, my. Yeah, we are halfway through the third arc, I think, um, which puts us about four years into 20 years of lore. Wow. Um, Yeah. So you can find that podcast um, at G5R Podcast on Twitter or our website, garbageofthefiverings.com. Okay. That's good to know. The Home for Red OCs is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Pippa, Stitcher, and wherever else you can listen to podcasts. And if it's not on there, let me know and I'll see about getting it there. Our theme song is Violet by Ponytail Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. You can also email us at waywardocpod at gmail.com. And I do currently have the next few episodes lined up for guests, but if you or someone you know is interested in coming on the show, feel free to have them send me an email or a message through the Wayward accounts, as those are the ones that are less likely to have the messages get lost. (laughs) And as with all podcasts, it is always extremely helpful if you can rate and review us on your listening platform of choice and maybe even subscribe, because that helps us find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been the Home for Wayward OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay.
Um, before I forget, is that a Pikachu sock on your microphone? It is. Um, you know, I wanted something to like, cause you can, you know, you can get like the actual nice cover things, but I was like, socks also work. Um, and then mm-hmm. I had some unsorted laundry and my daughter had this loose Pikachu sock. And so, yeah, I have a child sized Pikachu sock on my microphone right now. Honestly, go for it. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's pretty stylish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's very good. Welcome to RPG Design Friends, a podcast where we critically talk about tabletop role-playing games, their mechanics, design philosophy, and the scene surrounding it all. Each episode, we have two guests, designers, podcasters, and other experts, to discuss a topic within TTRPGs. It is important to be critical and analyze the stuff we enjoy, and we're glad to do it here at RPG Design Friends.